We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. Just so 
damn tired of this town. Live. Welcome back to the dining room, episode nine million seven hundred sixty point two. Point two. We got uh, Tommy here, Tommy Gun. Oh yeah, Mister Key Gun. Save you, baby, Tommy. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that so much. So, um, so Tommy, um, we all know you play music and stuff, but tell me about your boxing career. You know, I did all right on the streets of Philly. I had a crazy mullet, blonde mullet. Uh, yeah, that issue with your trainer for a little while. <laughs> I told you we were, we we're going to do bits the whole time, so just be ready to run with it. They but. actually all came on. I actually watched them over the past few weeks. All in a row, they all came on Netflix, so I marathoned the crap out of Rocky. Really? <laughs> I love when he gets that robot, you know, and you finally feel like Rocky finally has somebody that he can be really good friends with. Yeah, same, same personality. I mean, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. But uh, how does it feel to be in the dining room finally? We've been it, talking about this for a while. It's awesome. When I first got here, I was talking to Jay about uh, your perception of what you think it's going to look like yeah. compared to walking into the dining room and being like, I think my first reaction was, it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. That's kind of funny, right? <laughs> Says nobody ever. Yeah. <laughs> Not to me, at least. Um, oh, but it's really, it's really awesome. Jay told me he made this, the, this table and everything, and it's really, I can't think of a cozier, awesomer atmosphere to nice. talk and listen to music. We just, need, we just need a little fireplace. <laughs> Oh, if we had a fire, you know what? I already spent wow. enough money in the dining room. I, I feel like you can get a USB one or something. I, I feel like Jay's go-to answer has been, um, if you want to get a fireplace. <laughs> yeah, lately. <laughs> We're sitting here making the set list. And Tommy's like, you want to throw this song on there and this song? And Jay's like, if you want to make it the set list, you know, <laughs> sure. He did that a few times. I, th- I take on a lot of work here in the dining room. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. He's, um, he's a good shit. He's a good shit, yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I almost said something inappropriate. Mm. Stop myself. Good man. But um, so Tommy, you've been uh, been quite the busy man um, with your acoustic guitar. Yes. I um, I used to go see you a lot when you were in Communication Red Light um, with um, Carducci and Brad and all those fellas. And Frankie, Frankie, and Frankie the Greek, the Greek. I actually he, he just showed up on Facebook again. Did he? I noticed. Yeah. Wow. He, um, he was off the grid for a while. Good for it. Me and, me and Jared Hart did that um, thing in October, and we are trying to get around to go. I think he's in Vermont now, living off the fat of the land. So we tried to go visit him, but uh, we were a little too busy. I don't think we, we didn't get a show in Vermont, so that didn't work out too well. But he was, yeah, communication really started my resurgence back 
back when I was in college, I was in a band with uh, Carducci called uh, Advantage to Crush. And that we, wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> and we lost touch for years. And then uh, starting in like 2010 or 9 or whenever we started it, uh, we started playing again. And like one of the songs from Communication is Advantage to Crush. And that was because we used to play that song in the other band. Um, and we started, and then I met, you know, you guys, everybody in New Brunswick, everybody in Trenton, and everywhere else in New Jersey that we played. The whole damn world. And and it really, uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome dive back into music yeah. after years of not doing it. And is that how Mace Montana came about? or uh... Mace was, after communication started taking a nosedive, I really don't, or didn't, I guess I do now, didn't play guitar. So we had played with a bunch of awesome, amazing people. And the, the problem with being a singer in a band and not doing anything else is you love other singers, but you can never be in a band with them because right, right. only one person gets too to many, Too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> so we ended up... Uh, so I ended up putting Mace Montana together and going up to people like Jared Hart, Palante, um, Popeye, a bunch of people, and, and and the first question was, "What song won't your band let you cover?" <laughs> and let's cover that song. <laughs> kind of genius. Everyone's got like a list yeah. of My like your personal nerdy, know, like ja- like Jared loves Cindy Lauper. He's like, I want to do girls just want to have fun. It was like, screw it, just come over to my house. Let's I, do it. I got no shame. Oh, <laughs> I, I really love that. Actually, we played that, and then I talked to you about it, and you you were telling me that. Uh, you guys were literally holding on to the threshold of the door trying to hit those notes because <laughs> you realized that you re- recorded the song in like the key that she did it in instead yeah. of you know what you guys would be comfortable with being you know lower singers and uh, I think it was like you, ju- you just made it man you just <laughs> hit those notes and it, it made it amazing it really there, did there was a lot of pizza and a lot of booze involved in that weekend oh, <laughs> so that's how so Mace was like uh, it's really a cool transition piece and in my mental history bank of, you know, after that, I was ready to do my own thing, uh, not do covers anymore, but I really didn't want to deal with any other people. (laughs) So I said, you know what? So I set, uh, nerdy enough, I set goals for myself, and I said, all right, you're going to play a show before the end of the year, and that first show happened to be Rothenbeck's CD release show. So and he was good. like, you know, I'd be honored if you did, you know, all the nerdy friend stuff. And I did it. And I kind of been just setting my own goals up for myself to have a good time and nice. get cheap beers and <laughs> see it. my friends as much as I can. Pay musician prices. <laughs> it's been a damn good time. And I mean, you're uh, you're, you're geared for it, too, because you, you have the um, you have the respect for and the respect from the musicians. And the whole acoustic scene as it is, is kind of just like... A bunch of people who play acoustic <laughs> that yeah. are going to show, or or you know full band people, you know, but their bands broke up because all their singers went on to start acoustic thing. <laughs> but I mean, either uh, that, but it's a great, you know, as you, you know, I would still love to be in a band, but as you get older, it's like, you know, like Craig or from Hidden Cabins or Books or anybody else, it's like, well, you got kids, you don't get out much. And it's like, well, just play the show, and we'll drink beers all night right. and have a good time. And you can record all your music at your house with a little <laughs> microphone, and, <laughs> which you do, and you, and you yeah. do a really nice job doing it. So, it's, all, it's all fun and easy, and that's 
what it should be. That's actually, I talked to Craig about that because he's been, he is or has been in a handful of bands. Like a million. Hidden Cabins is something that they can go, they go all over the place with it. They go to Europe and they're going, they're done with uh, a East Coast South tour yeah. in the spring. So, I mean, it's... You're right. You don't want to deal with other people sometimes, so... Yeah. Just make something that you can just do with a little amount as possible. And they found... I think those two found a tremendous bond in the fact that they're both such on the same wavelength of talent that... Uh, I mean, I'm sure they practice, but how they... From what I heard, how they started was books would just send them clips of songs. Yep. And then Craig would just be like, all right, either he would rearrange it or do something and be like, all right, song's done. Right. I guess let's practice it a few times and then we'll go play a show. And it's like, that's, that's how it started, yeah. awesome. Right. Well, that was the one thing that intrigued me about them is that the way their songs are put together. It's like, this couldn't have been easy to assemble these songs. You yeah. know, there's a lot of parts. I mean, Book says, you know, with his looping and or Brian with his looping and, and and Craig, to I was impressed by how he can put like his vocal over that stuff, and I was like, oh, man, I'm gonna stick around and keep watching this. And now, and now, Jay's mom listens to uh, Hidden Cabin's favorite favorite, favorite band mm-hmm. on earth. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And then you got you go to their shows, and like all the kids are there, and they're sitting on the stage, and fucking Craig's singing to them and shit, all passionate. Yeah. And um, it's a little overwhelming, but then like, but then it's you sit there and. You, you're not afraid anymore to like be involved because Craig really pulls you in. He really oh, makes you be part of it. Totally. You either leave or you're part of it. And eventually, man, you, you drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I gotta say, like, th- there's certain I hate Craig to a certain ex- aspect. <laughs> <laughs> so screw you, Craig. But it's so weird because, like, I'm a very like, I don't listen to albums in my car. I make a playlist of all the songs I like, and then that's, you know, I go off a playlist for the most part. Right. And every other song seems to be one of Craig's songs because he's involved in so much. I mean, between World Concave and the LMA stuff he was doing, and now he's writing with Chris again. Random people and then, from yeah, other just <laughs> states and countries. Yeah. And it's like, so every other song, like, I hear Craig's voice and and for me like one of the hardest problems I have with writing songs was goes back to something one of my buddies Alf said years ago was he's, he was just like I, I don't have anything to say I don't have anything to say and a lot of times I feel like that like ah, I don't nobody wants to hear me talk I don't <laughs> I don't care whatever and uh Craig has something to say right. and good for it like I am yeah. sincerely envious that he can write Probably, how many songs does he write in a year? <laughs> he just he goes by the old like the, I guess the old uh, Beatles way of doing it. He's just having a conversation. He goes, hmm, I think I'm gonna <laughs> put that into my next song. Here. <laughs> but but it's always amazing, and you always take something from it. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, making playlists and shit, let's play some Control, and um, then we'll get back with some Tommy. And hopefully, he'll play us some songs.
Back to life in the dining room. Yep. That was the Mercury Leap. No, <laughs> the, the Mer- Mercury display with Leap. <laughs> Ooh, Hold on, I deserve something for that. <laughs> the one-three connection. I'm stupid. Before that was Mad Anthony with Hope of the Consumptive. They're gonna be playing uh, Saturday the 28th at Asbury Lanes for the Hanali record release show. Are they really? Yep, Hanali, Mikey Yerg, Hot Blood, Molly Rhythm. And Doug Zambon from the Van Saders. Oh, oh the Van Saders. Mike Yerger's gonna be there? Yeah. Cool, man. Maybe we can get Vinny Death to come out. <laughs> like, bah, dude, I fucking love this. Let's bowl. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, before that, Control will run away. I, w- I just want to continue something that we're um, talking about off air. Um, eventually, Tommy, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get all the audio recordings of, of everybody that doesn't know they're being recorded off air. <laughs> And I'm gonna release it. It's gonna be called "Live from the Dining Room." The the Reagan tapes. <laughs> the Reagan tapes. I was yeah, gonna yeah, say not next. Think it's something intimate, but that was way. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be like somebody's gonna have to pick up the red phone for that one. <laughs> it's not gonna be intimate. It's gonna be all the shitty stuff that people say when they're not yeah. when they're off air. Not you. I mean, <laughs> you were just yep. talking about how how good of a massage you can give me if, if I allotted that that uh, time. I wanted to ask you earlier if you wanted me to to crack your back for you, but I forgot. I was wondering why I you kept giving probably. me these beers. <laughs> no, thank you though. Loosen me up a little bit. I'm feeling a lot better. I was um, geez, now I'm all personal and stuff. Look at you, I'm getting all personal. <laughs> I'm talking about 
about to start talking about my whole life. Should mention the control song. I did. Uh, Runaway. Yeah, Runaway. They're gonna be playing. I think it's this this Thursday, nineteenth. Yeah. Uh, at the St. Nesbury Park. They're gonna be with Franchise, A Need for Reason, and The Wolf Inside. That's gonna kick butt. Yeah, I'm going to that one. The Wolf Inside is Britney's band, right? Britney's band. Yep. She she gets crazy and like smashes stuff, right? I hope so. She pull a Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So Reese, Reese was, broke his guitar? Reese was somewhere between drunk and careless. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess the guitar wasn't working. He handed it off to me at one point. I was just standing there and he handed it off to me in the crowd. And then you smashed it. Um, somebody took it from me and plugged it back in, gave it to him. And it still wasn't working, so he dropped it. And that it rules. turned into two pieces. That's so passive aggressive against it's this guitar. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna <laughs> drops guitar. Reese rules, man. Like, I, I, I'm kind of pissed I wasn't there, but I was shoveling snow for like two days. And now I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And his back hurts. My yeah. back hurts. Oh, my your fingers back are going to hurt. Oh. Your fingers are going to hurt. Yeah. But, um, oh, Tommy, you're supposed to play right now. No, no, we'll, we'll wait. We, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> what it is is that, uh, you know, we, we got a couple people telling us, hey, man, you got to start the music a little earlier, you know. Or at least put times down. I'm going to start putting times down. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. So it's Monday, everybody. <laughs> it is Monday. Isn't that weird? Mm, yeah. It's not that weird. <laughs> the future. I don't care. I don't care. All right, then. My jokes don't go over. I don't you use that against me. <laughs> See, I put these clips in here to use against you. When you go off on a tangent, I just want to tell you to get over it. We're gonna battle. Yeah. We're gonna go back and forth. <laughs> Clip battle. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Clip fight. Clip board. fight. He stinks and I don't like him. I just like that one. <laughs> that's the fucking problem. I put all these like negative things against, but like we're just, we're not really dicks in here. Only to each other. Uh, Tommy, if you had a radio show, what what would your format be? Oh, good lord. <laughs> I think it would be um, mostly music. I actually don't like talking that much. <laughs> as odd as that is to hear. <laughs> can I just say something? Your guitar behind me, I can smell it. It's a Martin. Come here. Come here. It smells delicious. <laughs> it does, man. Back, straight out of the factory. You ever take the, the tour through the Martin Guitar Factory? No, it I haven't. It's amazing. And, and ironic, well, not maybe coincidentally, not ironically, um, Martins, a certain number of Martins are now made in Mexico. Which I think is hilarious because I could drive to the factory to get one, <laughs> yet it's being made <laughs> like an hour away, thousand miles away, <laughs> and then shipped back to here. Really? Wow. <laughs> Where's the factory at? In Mexico? No. Or... <laughs> the one that's drivable. It's in Nazareth, Nazareth yeah, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where the band was from. <laughs> the band? Pulled into Nazareth. <laughs> I love that. Every time I go up, I have a cabin up north up there and, um, where I spend all of my um, waking time, hours. All of my waking hours. No, whenever I'm having like a meltdown, I go up there and it helps me. But uh, I just turn the band on as soon as I walk in the door. It's like it's, it's like somebody raised the doorbell and it's like, <laughs> take a load off it. You change all your ringtones and text tones that weekend. And like. <laughs> yep. And every time the album's over and starts again, I have to take a shot. So it's pretty, it's pretty good for me. I kick my feet up. I do a level 10 <laughs> relaxation period. Oh, man. Yeah. It's good. So should we call Should we call Uncle Rothenbeck? He was supposed to come with us, wasn't he? He was supposed to come here. 
Yeah, I wasn't supposed. I to. would say if we if we should figure out how to do a phone call thing. We're gonna try it right now. We're gonna try it just cold because he doesn't probably doesn't have the number for this. But we can get it, we can get it in a shot. Let's leave a message. We could at least listen to his voicemail. Hopefully message. he doesn't leave his number in there. <laughs> oh, it's not. I mean, I mean, it's, it's very live right now. I could I can't cut anything out. What would his uh, what would his um his voicemail say? Hi, you're Brian. Um. He might have the generic. <laughs> Who knows? He might have the generic one up there. I think it'd be like, "Hi, you reach Brian Rothenbeck." <sighs> <laughs> I would think Rothenbeck did it. Don't at leave least, a message. At least four times, and then he got that bassy radio voice that he does, and got real sex. That's what I. I mean, that's what I would hope he does on his voicemail message. Is just get real sexy radio voice on it with uh, it. <laughs> he's got the. He's got the best. Oh, oh, speaking of sexy oh, radio oh. voice, radio dog. Radio. Come on, shut up. Would you try to make magic and gold? Trying to make gold here, Brody. What's your problem? Oh, these ads are still attacking me on Skype. Are we going? What? Who sprinkles? <laughs> there he is. All right. Uh, we're gonna give this a shot. Tell him, tell him he's the fifth caller. Look at this picture. I didn't even choose that picture. It chose that picture for me. That picture chose you. <laughs> Happy couple. That should be your Tinder. Picture. Me and the me and the goat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't care. You have reached the voicemail box of oh, nine on. zero. Uh, that's it. It's cut off. No more Rothenbeck. Alright, so next next time he's uh, on live in the dining room, you have to get him to record a, a real voicemail message and get him to do his bass sex radio voice. It'll take a little while, but I think we can get that. I think I think you could. Oh, Give him a few beers. I'm pretty sure we have hours of that. Brody, really? I just pet you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have hours of Martin Beck's sexy voice. I would cut one, or edit one for him and then tell him to put it right on his phone. One or the other. We uh, we have him saying some really bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, pretty terrible. I mean, you had the hidden mic for that. No, he just gave it up. <laughs> no, it was it was his songs. Sounds just like Rothenbeck. Yeah. <laughs> just whatever his lyrics were, you know. They were just, they were oh, just like, made me wanna um, made me wanna cry and die. So can I intro this next one? Please do. Alright, so we <laughs> we have a joke um, at the compound. We did it a couple years ago. I live we call where I live the compound. It's the best. So on like a Friday night when it was just a casual few people over, we used to have this contest um, of can you guess the song before the chorus? And uh, so this band is called Necrocomicon, and it's some dudes, uh, a bunch of buddies, they were in Kill Wealthy Dowager, and I'm sure a bunch of other bands I'm forgetting. Mm -hmm. And um, they did a heavy metal, uh, not heavy metal, it's like, black metal yeah. versions of 80s pop songs. So my question to all the listeners of Live from the Dining Room, can you guess this song before the chorus? And no cheating. We're on the honor system right now. Let us know if you get it. 
Alright, this is Necrocomicon, and we'll tell you the title later.
Welcome back to Live in the Dining Room. Yeah, that was a little or low. It's much louder. <laughs> much louder now. That was uh, Gabriella with Miss Led. Dear friend of the Dining Room. Future Dining Roomer. Yeah. Future and past. Dining Roomer. Weird. She should get a t-shirt that says that on it. Future and past Dining Roomer. Yeah, that would make her pretty pretty awesome. Oh, that's that. cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Before that, we had Heavy Flow with Cold as Stone. And then Necrocomicon, I hope you figured out what song that was before the chorus. Yeah, I wish we didn't. Well, Joe definitely would have figured it out. I nailed it. But, yeah. <laughs> Can't get that shit past me, bro. That was somebody's watching me. You hear this shit? <laughs> Whatever like, this is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Smackdown Mall. Joe's in the groove. That's it. <laughs> if only you guys can see. All right. I think Tommy's about ready to play. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll, I'll get her started. It's one of the things, uh, Joe, I don't know about you, but I love playing first at shows. I like it. Because you just get it over with. Uh, set the mood. Set the mood. But then you could drink and do whatever you want after that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Should anything. I set the mood a little bit? Oh, come on. <laughs> just, just the one thing that drives me nuts is the lights are any, any bit. I don't like dim anything. Do you like. I, I always say. I can't eat with no lights on. Is that a weird thing? No. Like, um, my mom's you, been saying that her, my entire life. But you're all right eating in the dark. No. Oh, you're not. I don't, your like, mom... I don't like dark anything. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, let's see. Wait, now I feel like you're a psychiatrist or something. <laughs> you eat in the dark? So what I can't. So what oh, you, no. What yeah. do you think that means? Like, if you're. You? I if I need to see my food, I need to see if there's something weird in there. <laughs> I need to see what I'm eating. That's where I think it comes from. Well, that's my own. Hypothesis. No, Joe. There's there's no deeply rooted problems. I just would like to see what I'm eating. I just want to make sure there's no bugs in there. I, I had a buddy that examined every tiny little part of his food before he ate it, and then while he was eating it, would continue to examine it, and um, I eventually would just leave because something you know, twenty hours later. The other thing I got a lot of slack from. Tell me if either of you guys do this either. Is uh, <laughs> oh man like when you're at McDonald's and you get like a burger and fries mm-hmm. I don't eat them together I have to eat one thing and then the other oh yeah hmm. everything I have to take care of one thing one challenge at a time I guess you're like you're weird yeah. you're like me you're weird oh we're weird people are, are you tell people that and they're they'll think you're the weirdest dude and ever. normally it's fries first and then oh like, yeah of course. you gotta save the best for last right you get to the burger <laughs> see I'll just throw all the fries on the burger and, get and I don't ever even touch the drink I um never, until the end at all oh at all no I just why don't, do you even get it cause this comes in a meal we were we were uh, we were down in uh, me and uh, Ashley were down in Vegas a couple weeks ago and same thing, so I go to McDonald's, I just need a little snack. Right. So either I'll get a snack wrap if it's late night and I've had a few beers. Snack wrap. Um, but I walked into the McDonald's and I was like, oh, I would just love a Whopper and a drink. Mm. And they're like, do you want fries? And I'm like, no. And they the guy have- looked at me like I was crazy. And yeah. I was like. He's like, but it's less if you get fries. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't, I'll pay more. Like, I'm not going to eat them. And they're, they're kind of gross. Like, I don't. Yeah. They didn't ask why you were ordering a Whopper McDonald's? <laughs> or, oh, I see. All right. <laughs> Somebody hasn't any, had any beers yet today. <laughs> see, I eat to consume, and um, I feel like that's a problem with my quality of life that I need to address. Because um, you know, I, I don't eat to enjoy it. I just eat like because I need it to live. So, uh, so you're opposite of a Louis C.K. joke. I don't eat till I'm full. I eat till I hate myself. <laughs> now, I mean, I feel like if I, I need to start enjoying my food a little more because that's all there really is. People talk about happiness. It's 
It's called eating good food and then being full yeah. and going to sleep. Do some science on it. Look at all this stuff on your tongue. There's a reason why you have millions of taste buds on there. <laughs> God wants you to enjoy everything you eat. Speaking of which, eat this song. He brought up God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh! 
never sins Hold on to hope Buries my voice deep <laughs> Nice Thank you What was the name of that one? Fear Never Sings That's true though um, it's really weird playing in front of two people. <laughs> Dude, sad, sad. Hence my close, my eyes being closed for half of the time. <laughs> Only two people you could see. Yeah. You're actually playing two more people. Touche. That make that's gonna make me more nervous. Oh shit! Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I think it's easier to play in front of a thousand people than it is two. I mean, because I play in front of thousands of people all, all the time, time, every weekend. But uh, <laughs> I mean. I think I played in front of the most of people I've ever played in front of by myself was probably I don't want to say sixty, seventy, the most. It's way easier. <laughs> it's so much easier because it's a sea of faces. You yeah. just blur them all together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's only make when you make eye contact with that one dude you know, who's an old buddy who's seeing you for the first time, and you're like, oh, uh, this this asshole's here. Come uh, on. <laughs> He's gonna tell. He's gonna tell stories about me and yeah. embarrass me. He's gonna tell the world I was two notes off on that last song. <laughs> tell not to. I ain't holding on no more us something in my mind Freezes all from time to time Tell I just got scared, that's all Tell her I'll be by her side All she else to do is call And all she has to do is call Feeling still be 
Pushing. 
Sexy bass voice on that one. I got too. it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it comes and goes. Welcome back to Live from the Dark. That, that was the Box Tiger with Knives. I fucking love them. <laughs> Toronto and Portland, Maine's own the Box Tiger. They're great, man. They got something. Oh, yeah. Bunch of firecrackers in that they band. They got it. <laughs> Who was before that? Before that, we had. That's a Tommy pick. No, it's just this one here. It's a dude that. Going oh, 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 Derek. Derek. Derek of the Black Sea. Derek of the Black Sea. With Tranquilo. Which I wish I... Oh, Tranquilo 0210. That was the track title. I don't know if that's actually it, but that's what came in the file. <laughs> we like those. 
I like that people send us stuff and uh, we get like the real names of what they name their songs. We can't use most of them. <laughs> <laughs> you get the you know studio names. <clears throat> Before that was Jared Hart with uh, Live from the Dining Room in studio performance of Avalanche. He did pretty good on that. He's, he's, he did all he right. did pretty good. He's, he held he's his own. Good, man, I I love that kid. Yeah, it was great. Man, I just want to I just want to hug him <laughs> all the time. And I think I freaked him out because I like when we weren't on air. I was just like, Jared, I just want to hug you. <laughs> he got a little, you know, he hit me a couple times. I mean, rightfully kid, so. Kids got one of mo- the most solid. Like he could literally roll out of bed and sound exactly like he does on the albums. Whenever, like, no matter what, like, he just sounds, he's on point. That's kind of, it's what I've, it's like become a hobby for me. What I do when I'm driving at work, I kind of practice my Jared Hart voice. (laughs) And it comes and goes for me. What's your, what's your favorite scandal song to practice your Jared Hart voice? Uh, 417. That was my first favorite song from the scandals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I remember seeing them for the first time I was like damn this reminds me of when I used to have a lot of fun <laughs> and I think I said that to him and I think he gave me a free CD I, I think that's <laughs> probably one of the best compliments you can give somebody yeah and weird enough it was at the, it was at the crossroads it was at the freaking crossroads really yeah what crossroads was it that game face show you know no it was um I you know I don't even freaking know <laughs> you and uh you and Carducci played <clears throat> Some communication songs back when when that was still happening. So it was probably that game phase. The weight probably played too. Yes, yes they did. All right, yeah. so it was. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, that was a little sidetrack. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> well, I usually can't like you know uh, get into it over there because there's all the tables and stuff. But I remember they came on and I started like just finding myself being rebellious for no reason, <laughs> pushing tables out of the way. You know, just going bartender, <laughs> bartenderess. Get me a beverage. You know, you're snapping at the bartender in that mood. You're like, shit, I'm an ass. <laughs> I, I am. Why am I doing this? Punk, punk rock. That means you were having fun, though. Right. And that's, you, were, you weren't lying when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave my car here. Joe was living it that day. Yeah, I was. I live it sometimes. For you. Well, I got you, Jay. I got you. Oh, I just want to watch the movie now. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Why did everybody try to sound like Dylan so hard back then? I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, who else covered this? Somebody else covered this. Hmm. Dylan? Dylan. <laughs> Dylan already better one of the two. <laughs> Speaking of, You've uh... have been pushing the Pearl Jam a lot today. Oh, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Always. What's your, what's, what's your, uh... Guilty pleasure. Not to say Pearl Jam's your guilty pleasure. No, but there's no guilt in it all. Yeah. <laughs> just full just, force. Just spew it. I'm sure you have one that's not very socially accepted amongst your friends. That I you're would really say, good on. like, um, my my bad, my good one would be is uh, I'm going to see Colin Hay this week, who is a singer of Men at Work. And he was on a bunch of Scrubs episodes where a lot of people know him from. But this dude I used to play with loved Men at Work, which is what got me into him. And uh, his he has this solo record that I guess he recorded at or around the time he was doing all that scrub stuff. And it's called Going Somewhere. 
and it's one of the best. I feel like if you played that back to back with half of the bands that play now, somebody wouldn't put it out as A, the dude from Men at Work, and B, a dude who's God knows how old he is. Right. So I'm going to see him this week, and I'm super excited because he's just this Australian dude who just has a beautiful enough, like the perfect amount. It was like that Arliss Nancy, like the perfect amount of grit. Yeah. His guitar is made still... out of a sunken warship <laughs> yeah. or something like that. I know he what you're commands at. this sea. And your other one would be Hank. Would be it? Wouldn't be Hank. No, I'm. I'm, I'm I, I mean, sp- the band that you just won't shut up about. All your buddies are like, oh, oh enough with the Pearl Jam. Oh, <laughs> like, I was gonna say, Panic at the Disco is actually one of my guilty. Is one of my big guilty pleasures. Wow! It was everyone's guilty pleasure when that album came out. And then <laughs> really? Joe wouldn't not give anybody couldn't an get inch on, on it. Yeah. Couldn't get on it. Everybody. It's, it's his. I think that dude's got a really solid voice, and his his melodies are really awesome. I mean, apart from that, like, yeah. I'm not super into like the whole dance, punk rock, whatever it is. I don't even know what it's called. Well, I think, what I think bothered he's got me, a cool voice. What bothered me was the production of it all, like we were saying before. I mean, the production yeah. makes makes everything. And good I'm sure, or, good I'm sure when they bad. first came out, it was fucking awesome. And you know, you're seeing them in a, in a burnt out basement somewhere. And they're one of those they're bands great. I would even rather not see. Right. Like... <laughs> Just this album is cool. I like singing along with it. That's, Strangely that's, enough, that's about as far in my as car goes. by myself. <laughs> Somehow, I mean, this got them a lot of shit. They didn't play any shows. They kind of just like put out that album and then played their first show. And I had heard they were somewhat of a put together. They were like a the de- what are they? The WWE champion, <laughs> American Idol assembled. <laughs> that's what I had heard. I mean, nothing against them. Or anything like that, but I'd heard they were kind of a put together band too. What the Lincoln Park? Yeah, weren't, weren't they all? Were they? Like, weren't they all like failed boy band guys? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Now they're Stone Temple that Pilots. That would be hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I Chesterfield. That dude started doing. I love Stone Temple Pilots too. That first core, I'd take that album mm-hmm. over a lot of stuff. Dude, there's a lot of people that live, I mean, totally live by Pearl Jam and STP till this day. That if, like, you know, I'm if right you here. say the wrong thing, <laughs> if you say the wrong thing in front of them, I might get kicked out of here soon. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, like, you're 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 high school administrator. You know what I mean? Like, like in the early 2000s, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, you know, they're all cool. They're good. You know, your buddy, buddy, you say the wrong thing about STP or Pearl Jam, and you, you got detention, and you're getting your ass kicked at football practice or something. Yeah. That type of thing. I mean, they really take it, they really take it home. Take it seriously. I don't know if there's anybody, I don't know if there's anybody I take that seriously. Like, it took me, like, Bad Brains is one of my favorites of all time. And they took me a they took me a decent amount of time to get into. So when somebody's like, eh, eh, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, right. that's a, we were talking it's not off about, the bike. We were yeah. talking about Shudder to Think and how long it took me to get into Shudder to Think. And they're one of my favorites too. So if somebody doesn't like them, it's like, I know exactly right. why you don't. Well, the guy even said to you, here, take this. It's cheap. Buy it and and listen to it when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, listen to this until you understand. You put like a prophetic thing, <laughs> and it's it's a lot about delivery too. Uh, I have a friend that only likes stuff if he found it. 
you know? Yeah. Like, you'll show them a band, and then, like, like two months, three months later, he'll be like, yo, check this band out I found. And they're like, mm, I showed you that band. You hated them. And, and you're like, no, I found them. But, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's about being ready for something. You know, some of my favorite albums were ones that I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't ready for when they came out. It's not that I didn't like them. It's yeah. just that, you know, how long does it take to get ready for something? I think the world's ready for, for some Tommy Gunn, though. <laughs> I would hope so. I thought it doesn't even matter if you don't like it. I get it. <laughs> it took you a while, right? It takes me a while to like, yeah. Like when I record something, like, like since I record everything myself, and anybody who knows me knows how uptight I am about everything. And it's like after something's recorded, I do not listen to it for at least six months. Like it's just in the ether. Like here, everybody else enjoy this. I still hear every little tiny thing that makes me irk. Yeah. And it's only like six months later, yeah. <laughs> it'll come on random or something. And I'll be like, ah, oh, maybe I did a decent job on this. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's the problem with recording your music. There always People. is that little, just a little fucking something that you know what happened and it wasn't supposed to be there. Nobody yeah. else knows that it wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. But then there's stuff that happened that shouldn't have happened, but you loved it. <laughs> You're like, listen to this part. And you're yeah. like, I don't hear it. You're like, I know, I know, only I can. Like that time when Iswan was playing in here and the turkey pot came crashing down. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Did and it happen on B when Froggy was doing something crazy? It happened right at the end and it landed in the only habitable zone of the dining room. I mean, it was packed. We had, we had, uh. What yeah. happened was Craig fell in the bathroom. Yeah, Wasn't he, that a different <clears throat> night? No, same night. They were both here that night. Oh. Yeah, so he fell into the wall. That wall created a shock wave, um, which knocked the turkey pot off there and landed in the only one-by-one one square foot <laughs> radius that it could. And kind of, you know, the song was like... <laughs> Chaos. It was good, though. And I, I mean, I listened for it. I mean, people probably won't even pick up on it, but I listened on it, and I laughed. Every time I tied a frog in my throat. That'll be on the compilation. Yes. Are we going to put that one on there? I don't know. Y huh? You probably should if it, yeah. Yeah. Because it's got to mean something to you guys, too. Don't put yeah. out a comp that I wanna... isn't going to make you reminisce about the cool performances in here. I want to do the whole Kevin Smith thing, uh, but Jay doesn't want to do it, where we like listen back to like episodes or performances and just scrutinize it and talk over it and explain it. Commentary track. And I mean, like, that's... <laughs> like a mystery science. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, it'd be funny if you were just hearing the song and then at the end all the microphones come on and be like, this is it, this is it, get ready for it, get ready. <laughs> like your buddy that's pissing you off. You could, you could, you could put it out in two versions. Right. It's like, the, did you ever see the uh, uh, Wet Hot American Summer with the, with the fart track? Right. On the DVD, hysterical. there was a bonus fart track, and it <coughs> it kind of ebbs and flows perfectly. Like in the beginning, so throughout the whole movie, they're just they just do a fart track over everything. So when somebody runs, it's like, oh, and genius. then like a third through the movie, like either they were drinking or just started getting like silly, and then like it's just overkill. Like it's every. <laughs> Every time the camera like cuts to somebody else, like you hear a fart, and then they kind of ease up on it, and then towards the end they kind of do it again, and it's like a, it's a, it's a they followed a formula, they followed the the brown formula as it is known in, in the recording exactly. world. No, I mean they just finished that movie too early. That's what happened. 
It's that David, we were talking about Shudder to Think, Craig Wedren does all the soundtracks to all that stuff too. Wow. He did the he did the opening theme to the state. I think he's married to somebody's sister or something. Huh. David Wayne or somebody's sister. What was it isn't Wet Hot American Summer uh, gonna be doing like a series? I heard that Netflix was on Netflix series? and everybody's on board. Wow. From the titles I saw. Unbelievable. <laughs> well um how about we play some songs and when we come back you um you play some more tunes for us. Cool. Do Sounds good. Any? Yeah. You got Sammy's up next? Sammy K. This is a, like, we just came across this. I just grit his voice too. He's talking to Mike, right? Um Yeah, Sammy K with sweet mystery. Misery. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where is it at? Drink more coffee. Give it, give it come on. <laughs> <laughs>
And welcome back to Live from the Dining Room. Yes, we are back. We are back. That was um, Ice One, Warren Ice One, with Bridge Burner. I'm texting my buddy Seth W now and telling him a song from like that we just played Don't Make Babies, which is like probably from like 2001 or something ridiculous. And he's going to go, uh. Yep, that was Seth W of Don't Make Babies before uh, the Ice One. And then uh, Sammy K with Sweet Misery. Yes. And if you don't know, it's kind of like a Haggardstown, like Shan Rothenbeck. It was kind of, well, not it was a Haggardstown Stroudsburg thing, but Seth W would play shows for us, and he used to have a kick drum and a snare drum hooked up to foot pedals, and he would play like, you know, like that Primus bass, and he would just play songs like "Don't Make Babies," <laughs> and it was the most entertaining. Still good friends with him after all these years, and that was he was one of the most enter- entertaining. And the album's called "Life's Not So Depressing." Soda, <laughs> soda, just talent, and he just uses it how he wants it. Good for him. Because life isn't so depressing at all. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. I can't even imagine what so depressing would be if <laughs> oh, I want to hang out. With if this it was guy. a thing. <laughs> Is it like the uh, the grape the grapes you were talking about? Right. Earlier. <laughs> it's like the weird the weirdest stuff you possibly think of. Oh, I do that all day. My friends hate me for it. I never would just hate you for doing anything. stuff like that. Bad puns. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> just really, really bad. I mean, that's that's. Brody update. He ate my paper towels. Brody ate your. Oh, there's a pic. That's, that's a cute. Really good picture. I, I put my, the chrome filter on my mom's mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. Makes everything look better. Really? Technology. Technology, man. Freaks me out. All right. Um, whenever, Tommy, whenever you're ready. Cool. Um, here's the next one. We'll see uh, if I get through it.
we call you in blood You spit in the face of us That you might love I'm guitar aggressively Jeez. weeps <laughs> long branch penny whistle <laughs> that's a good one man um oh, reverb sounds really crazy in the headphones <laughs> i got lost in the reverb because it's really crazy too much, too much? <laughs> no not oh, it's good. perfect it's a warm theater but it's just that cool like you're just like ah oh, i want to hold this note out longer because it sounds sweet in my head right now yeah. So I'm gonna tune real quick, so bear with that. Um, I feel like I was gonna say something, but I totally forget what it just was. Um, it happens when you have a tune. Yeah. Oh, the international sign, that's what I was gonna talk about. The two hits, international sign, yeah. of the end of the song. Because when you're playing acoustic, if anybody doesn't know, it's already awkward and scary enough. <laughs> and then you, you, you know, you end a song with like a, or something pretty and then you, you like open your eyes and just see people staring at you and you're like 
I was kind of it. Don't look at them. <laughs> no, you know, you know what you do from now on? We need to change it. What you do is you finish your song very awkwardly on, on a weird, strange note <laughs> that shouldn't end the song. And then when everybody starts clapping, like, uh, like, like seven really, really long <laughs> seconds later, when everybody starts clapping, you look at them like, no, it's not over. And you're like, no, but you're creating <laughs> the problem. That's why people aren't clapping now. <laughs> First time I saw you, you, go, you go, and you do yet. that, you, and you, and you do your your two hit uh, signal very aggressively and very obvious, like that's it. <laughs> First time I saw you, it was really standing out to me. I was like, oh yeah, no one really does it quite like that. It's I'm international just, sign. I'm just gonna get a pedal. Just, as soon as I'm done, I click it. It goes and start clapping. Applause. You're gonna get a little applause thing. <laughs> oh wait. Uh. That's when a song's over. <laughs> that's terrific. That's terrific. And that's when you know a song is over. The worst. All right. I'm going to play 100 to 120, a.k.a. I don't remember what the a.k.a. is. <laughs> now, this isn't going to be the last one, is it? You're going to play us another one? Yeah, I think I can handle okay, that. Okay, okay. We'll see how this one goes first. We'll see if you guys applause at the right time. Just pass by 
crashing and burning for someone to love. You don't need them, trust me. true to uh to what you tell everybody needs needs to be, to be a, a little bit more guitar driven <laughs> <laughs> thank you guitar driven rock the end all be all uh, do it again a little more emotion this time uh no that's no you know it i mean i i stick by um something you said to me years ago i said i said uh you said joe you, you know i've seen you play a couple of times you know um have you recorded any music and i was like you know i have it you know, like, why not? And I was like, well, because I want to make the songs perfect. I'll work on them for, like, five years. They're still not done. They, they're never done. And you go, well, then they'll never be done. So just record them all. And what do you want every song to be a fucking hit? You, you, need, you need a bunch. Just was, let, let everybody else pick them. That was actually, Rothenbeck was a big part of that, of yeah. saying uh, the, the key was, because I'm the same way, but I ran into... I ran into a buddy who had literally was like had a song in the bank for 10 years. Didn't play it and do anything. Like, like this song needs to be perfect. And when communication was doing their thing, like that's why we started with those acoustic demos. Because it was like, even if we're recording them full band, let's get something out to the people. And I, I was so anti 10 years that I was like, screw it. We're just putting the demos out. And then when I started playing by myself, I mean, I still suck, but I sucked even worse then. And Rothenbeck just looks at me and goes, there's a reason why they're called demos. <laughs> and I went, that's all the, that's a lot, the only logical justification I need. <laughs> Put it out. It's not an album. It's just a demo. Right. It's, <laughs> and it's usually my favorite thing that a band does is their demo. Is the, yeah. that little stuff. Yeah. People have made careers off of making their albums sound like demos. Of the Chuck, the Chuck Reagan, like all that whole first record were seven inches. And then he put it into the blueprint sessions. But he would do, I forget what the, the good story is. I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for this. But somebody knows it is he would do like a seven inch like once a year or whatever it was. And that's a lot of what made up his first record. Yeah. He was just like, here's a song, put it out. There's a million Good for him. There's a, million, <laughs> nice. there's a thousand different ways to do it, and that's why it's awesome. 
Welcome back to Life in the Dining Room. Hi. I don't mind stealing bread. You know what? If it's only coming from the mouth of decadence, fuck it, right? <laughs> You're so sick. Um, that was Jaguar Shark, but this is intense. It's pretty it, intense. It was like camping? It was very intense. It was intense. I love the riff in that song. They do that, like, might not be simple, but it's just a little riff <laughs> that just <laughs> makes it. <laughs> Before that, we had X number five, but inconceivable. Princess Bride, anybody? Inconceivable. That lonely nerd movie. You know what I just rewatched? I'm sorry. Hmm? Uh, Starship Troopers. Um, wow. It's been on Netflix, and it's my go-to <laughs> at like four in the morning when I can't sleep, and <laughs> I don't plan on sleeping. Uh, yeah, it's my go-to. Half of my devices, um, from probably 2006 to 2009, were named Ironside. Because nobody has a better name than Michael Ironside, <laughs> <laughs> who is in Starship Troopers, as well yeah. as he's usually like either the villain or the hard-ass dude in every movie. So he was in Total Recall. He was a bad guy in Total Recall. Yep. He was in that new X-Men first-class film as a general. Was <laughs> was was he in a RoboCop? Like, did he have like a little cameo in there? I'm, sh- I'm sure he he was there somewhere. Just <laughs> I just picture his Michael Iron. Like somebody should make a Twitter where they just put Michael Ironside in every '80s movie ever. So if he wasn't in, like, I just assume he's in RoboCop because he was in most movies. Yeah. Him, him, him and Dennis Hopper were like the golden age of villains. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Dennis Hopper with the post-apocalyptic villain. Yeah. And him with the the 80s 80s uh, crooked cop villain. <laughs> or whatever it was, makes, man of yeah, power. With a weird shady background, some military background previous to that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always some weird like sexual tension too that he has with like somebody. He's always glaring in every movie. Shiny as hell. There's never, never enough powder on that yeah. forehead. <laughs> but before that was Entropy, who's an awesome, who's an awesome uh, bunch of dudes from Orange County, New York, who are, are killing it. And the dude I know, Colin, who plays bass, he helps me run a reunion blog called This Is Albatross. And uh, I met him years ago. We played a show at. Uh, Tuscan Cafe, Communication Red Light did, and I met him there, and he started doing this blog, uh, and he's still, I think he just turned 21 this year, and uh, when he was, he was like, oh, I'm in this band, Entropy, and we went up, they played with uh, Control or Atlas or some combination (laughs) of that. Of those people. And we went up there, (laughs) and I remember literally, like, jaw on the ground, like, this kid's at the time he was probably 19 or 18 like why is this kid playing music like Gorilla Biscuits played in the 80s like <laughs> he should be way too young <laughs> to be playing oh, this man. music some people just got it <laughs> happens and he did and that's why Entropy kicks ass yeah man that was cool and X number 5 classic New Brunswick band period that's so it so that's many. all so many of them <laughs> There's so many classic New Brunswick bands. I fucking love that. There's a description that you could tell people a New Brunswick band, and they kind of, they kind of get it. They're like, all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> One of those guys. <laughs> I don't know, man. Going to all those basement shows lately is really kind of making me excited that it's happening again. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's always been there. I was talking to one of the kids who 
thrills him. He's like, these houses, they keep popping up. And like somebody will be running the show for like a year and then they'll move. They'll like, you know, yeah. rent will run out and they'll move out. You know, freshmen, sophomores in college. And I, I get it. But it's cool that like people are buying the house and they go, going, well, two doors down there's a show. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I should probably have one. <laughs> Give you options. I mean, it's hard enough to find friggin' parking in that town. You might as well be able to walk house to house and right. go listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, instead of a pub crawl. <laughs> yeah. You have a show crawl. It's a basement dive. Yeah. They were a little, yeah, they should be more organized and have an annual show marathon. Be like its own own little underground festival of basement shows that nobody knows about, obviously. Right, because they're underground. But it's just like, You just kind of see people walking on the sidewalk, that's all you can see. It's like a basement crawl, and you just go. I know some of them are real close together. I know two that are like three houses apart. Yeah. Two active basements. And do they have shows the same night? I don't think so. But if you stand at the corner, you stand at the corner of a <laughs> Hamilton Facing a 30 and degree yeah. it's like It's like Bonnaroo. <laughs> Next to the hippie tent. You can just hear his face this way or something. No, it's good though. I mean, um, I was I was at a show not too long ago and um, there was some drop ceiling still left in one of these basements and uh, it got destroyed. Well, like, so. you know, I like to see nothing change. Yeah. You know, just tons of asbestos falling on, you know. Everybody and... throws in a few bucks that's going to be taken out of the security deposit <laughs> once right. they move out type of stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so if we're, based on what we were talking about before, I got to get a little nerdy mm-hmm. again if we're, if, if we're moving on. Please do. Is the, uh, so the next song is a Communication Red Light song and we had Communication back in the day trying to make this story as short as possible me and Carducci met uh, Jeff Caudill who's in this band Game Face and Popeye who's in a band called Farside and we did a split 7 inch with them and we got really we were recording those acoustic demos I was talking about earlier and we got really nerdy and we're like yo should we just we knew they were in a band together called Your Favorite Trainwreck and we're like yo should we just get nerdy and ask them <laughs> if they want to do a split? Like, maybe we'll do a few shots or whatever it was, and we'll get <laughs> and we'll get the gazones enough to like shoot them a, a message. And we ended up doing it. And you know, we've all been friends. I was in California a couple weeks ago and met up with everybody from your favorite train wreck. We've become good friends. Nice. So after that, was still in the obviously in the core of me doing Mace. And uh, I asked Popeye, who's, you know, Jeff, Jeff's still doing, Jeff's still working on a song, according to him, with me for it. Um, But Popeye was on board a little bit earlier. And it was such a nerdy experience to have somebody when you were 16 and you used to drive home to their albums every day in high school. Was like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do a song with you. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, So, uh... Another quick side story is when I was in high school, my old man got real, the Duke got real angry at me one night. And he, uh, my old man loves, like, I'm still a huge ska kid, but that was a bigger one when I was younger. And he would be like, you need to listen to Sabbath. And then he would put a Sabbath record on or like something else weird, like King Crimson or something weird. So one day, I guess I came home late or whatever it was, and he smashed a record of Elvis Costello, My Aim is True, on the ground. He was so angry at me. Wow. 
So, <laughs> so a few years later, I bought him the deluxe CD version of My Aim is True. And, I, and he goes, why are you giving me this? And I kind of looked at him like squinty-eyed, like, you know why I'm giving you this. <laughs> um, and then, so when we were doing the Maze Montana, uh, on that deluxe version, uh, Elvis Costello does an acoustic version of Blame It on Kane, which is pretty awesome. And so I asked Popeye to do it with me, right. and we put it on a disc, and I gave it to my dad for Christmas one year as an extra bonus. Right. Thanks for making me feel bad that you broke the elbow. record because you were pissed. A, a tiny little elbow, a tiny little pointer finger coming yeah. out of your elbow. <laughs> like, here's another one, you little jerk. <laughs> so, yeah, so Popeye did it, and it was really, Popeye loves Elvis Costello, too, and I think he, I'm just doing, like, crappy harmonies, but Popeye, like, nails his Elvis Costello. It's really great. Let's hear it. Mace Montana, blame it on Kane. Once upon a time I had a little money Government burglars took it long Before I could mail it to you Still you are the only one I can't let it slip away So if the man with the ticker tape You tries to take it This is what I'm gonna say but Blame it on Kane but Don't blame it on me Oh, oh, it's Nobody's fault, but we need somebody to burn. Well, if I was a saint with a, a silver cup and the money got low, we could always heat it up or trade it in. Then the radio to heaven will be wired to your purse. And you can run down the wave band Coast to coast, hand in hand Bad to worst, curse for curse Don't be dissatisfied So you're not satisfied So blame it on Cain Don't blame it on me Oh, it's nobody's fault But we need somebody to burn Blame it on Cain Oh, please don't blame it on me It's nobody's fault But it just seems to be his turn hey. I've lived a little too long on the outskirts of town I think I'm going insane from talking to myself for so long Oh, but I've never been accused But when they step up on your face, you wear that good look grin I gotta break out one weekend before I do somebody in But every single time I feel a little stronger Tell me it's a crime, well, how much longer? Blame it on Cain, don't blame it on me. Oh, oh, it's nobody's fault, but we need somebody to burn. Blame it on Cain, whoa, please don't blame it on me. Nobody's fault 
But it just seems to be his turn What's... Oh, there it is. Just <laughs> runs through the microphone. I was Mace Montana. We'll blame it on Kane. An Elvis Costello cover. Which, can I say, Elvis Costello. That's... Alright, I mean, we all know that's not his name. Um, <laughs> but he took Elvis and Costello. It's like... He's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A really talented... Genius. I, I think Prince would have named himself Elvis Costello if Elvis Costello didn't already do that. Wow. Yeah. Good. Good for you. That that's like the one of the coolest things I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the most accurate things I've ever heard you say. You say a lot of cool shit, but I don't agree with any of it. That one though. That one was. Ooh wee. Man, like the reason he wear, you know, the reason Purple Rain really rained <laughs> was when he found out he wasn't the first one to think of that. <laughs> oh. Uh. All right. They say I don't know if we we've been talking a lot this whole hour. I'm not sure if we said it while the mics were on or while they were off, but. They say start strong and end strong. That's true. Do you say that on the air or off the air? Oh, um, it's all one big bore to me. Yeah. Good for us. <laughs> start strong, end strong. So with that in mind, here's some covers. <laughs> the old Nashville Cowboys bloody old time. He was bent by his years and the fight with the wine With a head full of music and an old nursery rhyme And a heart full of sadness and dark sunken He told me they cheated, he told me they stole Strength from his youth and the songs from his soul. They said he was family until he got too old. And they called them miners, mother load finders, digging so deep in search of more gold. Whoa! Cowboys in the home on the range Anyone know they've killed Jesse James Two guys on TV seen that ain't strange And the old Nashville Cowboys missed Cowboys love now is gone with the past. Just start that over. The old. 
stuck in the crack. Whiskey said it all went down too fast. Didn't know how to make it swallow. Cause I met this girl there and then brought about quite a big change Oh Lord But I owned it in Denver, wish I could remember And I guess you can see that my love life was not all too poor Alone, I'll have some permanent scope. She told me she loved me, and I told her that I'd do the same. But I owed it in Denver, wish I could remember. Well, I brought it all myself, and I, I guess I shouldn't complain. Toxic, so you can't do any more of that cocaine. She made me higher than all those expensive things. Then I owed it in Denver, wish I could remember So I turned to other things, trying to make my dreams. They don't take a place of a woman's face in her fears. She treated me nice. I like to find her again. Then I owed it in Denver. Wish I could remember Well, I brought it all myself, and I, I guess I shouldn't complain.
oh man, I've never done any of those things. Never been to Denver and never OD'd. <laughs> so does that mean you're one up or one down from Bo Cephas? <laughs> Who the hell am I to say, man? <laughs> as long as you're getting your Bo Cephas juices flowing. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, it makes you wonder. I mean, I'm not an advocate of, of drug abuse by any means, but it <laughs> makes great songs. I mean, like that old Bill Hicks. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do we got? What do you got? What? Me? I have plenty. <laughs> oh, what? You want me to play now? No. <laughs> I mean, you could. Nothing's stopping you. Sure. Except I, your own head I would space. love to play that damn guitar. That thing sounds. Do gorgeous. a quick song. Come on. Do a quick song. Come on. I think you should too, Joe. Yeah, I think you should, so you could hear this reverb in the headphones <laughs> and then get lost in it and forget what the next chord is. <laughs> Come on. I, I wouldn't. One know quick one. Come on. Let's what, do it. What do I do? Just do the do the do the classic hit. Do classic hit. <laughs> Can I give you a choice, maybe? Like a few songs that I would like to hear? Yeah, sure. Um, oh my god, it's weird over here. Head by a Dream, Red Brick Road. <sighs> Wanna flip a coin? I don't know if I can. <laughs> road. I need a capo. I need a capo. This is gonna create problems. How do you work this thing? Where'd you get this, Silicon Valley? Amazon. I need to so invest yeah. into one of these. <laughs> Dude, I can't. <coughs> Alright. Jeez. It sounds pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> pretty much right about that. I feel like Frank. Have you seen Frank? On Netflix? Oh, yes. Man. You seen it? I feel like him right now. I find this inspiring. Alright, on the red brick road.
Good at that. He's a tearjerker. The fuck. <laughs> that fucking guy sucks. <laughs> Get out of here! Leave! Don't come back. You're being very typical glooper right now. <laughs> Glad that guy's gone. <laughs> Tommy got everybody. <laughs> Brian Roth and get back everybody. <laughs> Brian Rothenstein. Yeah. We said if in the beginning we said if I was good, we'd go by T Gun. If I didn't do so good. Right. Just saying, I was back. Yo, I'd like, <laughs> like, like to thank my lawyer, Adam Rosenberg. <laughs> Shout out to Rosie. Is that your Rothenbeck impression? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Nice. Late 90s R&B Rothenbeck. <laughs> County Road, County Road Rothenbeck. Pre, pre-Big Moose Rothenbeck. Back before the How many times radio was stuck on a loop. <laughs> Late 90s R&B. <laughs> Give me some of that. Give me some of that Android. It's like Shire, Jodeci. Oh, you want some of that? Some of that Android? Well, sorry for turning it. Go. No, that's not, actually, that's not true at all. We, yeah. we kind of requested oh, thank that you guys. play a song. We pushed him, right? We pushed him. Yeah. He would have never done it if we didn't push him. I agree. What is this beautiful song I'm hearing right here? <laughs> Playing along now? <laughs> Is that where we're at? 
chosen his own. I, <laughs> you might just want to ignore him and let him. <laughs> and that's it for us today. <laughs> Tommy, what's it like to have way less reverb than me? Do you feel like? Do you feel like? Um, I think. Did you get lost in the reverb a little bit? Dude, totally. I do every time. <laughs> You gotta get lost in the reverb sometimes. Well, you've been to my shows, so you know that. You know, Tommy, that um, oh, if somebody adds too much reverb to my microphone, it's changing my entire set. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna play Aaron Neville covers. And what's kind of funny is the mic is set for Tommy height and not Joe height, so he's stepping up to it. I feel like I'm in fucking Green Day right but now. I'm like two inches taller. I'm that. It's not. <laughs> Aren't you jealous that we get to do this every week? Yeah, I kind of am. It's kind and it's always like these. It's very um, honest and eye-opening and just fun. Um, do it every week. I'm honored to be here, and it's been a complete blast for me. I wish, yeah, I wish I could. I wish you didn't live an hour <laughs> and fifteen minutes away from me, and it was way easier. You know to what? Do I, this. I smell something. Hold on. <laughs> No, Peg's not cooking anything. What I smell is live from the compound, <laughs> 2015. Oh, special the year was 2015. Um, That's what we're thinking about doing it. Wait a second. Live from dining room from your dining room. <laughs> Kickstarter for twenty-five thousand dollars. We'll do one of these episodes. There was uh, there's already was a live from the compound. How was it? It turned into the Anthony Cumia show. Oh. <laughs> Mine will be better. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> oh, all right. So it wasn't that good. <laughs> no, nah, it'd be way better. I don't know. It's, it gets kind of oh, racist. <laughs> Last time oh. I was at your house, oh. at your compound, the not racist one, um, there was three fires. It was cold out, but everybody was hanging, and there was a there was a lot of moonshine. But there was three fires, and one of them was in a wheelbarrow. Another one was bro- was already on fire in the wheelbarrow, which we moved to another format. We had multi multimedia. There was a barrel. There was a barrel one too. The little. There was a barrel, and then there was a fire pit that was melting. So we had to move it to a wheelbarrow. Do we put a Christmas tree on fire that night, or no? We might. <laughs> That's how you get a fire going, man. Christmas trees. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So I guess this is the last song. This is uh, an old dude from Manasquan. Uh, one of my buddies, he used to play, I saw him out in East Stroudsburg mm-hmm. when I was in my first band with Rothenbeck. We were called Atomic Peter. We were a punk ska band. And we we went out to play the show with this band, The Unmarked Cars, in East Stroudsburg. And this band, Supergrub, played and literally made us question why we played music, why we were in a band, and why we existed in life if dudes this good can play. <laughs> So we became buddies with this dude who used to play at the Moose Lodge in Haggard Sound all the time. And he's been doing real good for himself. Uh, but he's a Manasquan or, or Mana, one of the Manas something or another. Hawking? Or maybe, Bri- actually, Brielle. I think he's from Brielle. Okay. It's all the same. I mean, we have, but it's all the same. It's Ocean everything County's south. Right I lived on the north. I, I, I live in the north, so I don't know anything. But it's this dude, Ben Kenny, he's real talented, and it's all of his latest EP, and it's one of his acoustic, sexy, sexy time all the time jams. Nice. <laughs> Wait, are we, are we taking it away? I have this reverb. Shut up. 
What's that one, you? That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Sting Ben Kelly. Um, I do want to thank you for coming, yeah, yeah, Tommy. Yeah. That was it was a fucking blast. It was an honor. I'd do it anytime. Let me know when I come back. Excellent. Be an asshole. <laughs> All right, Ben Kenny with you. Because you're